Welcome to Comic Book Herald's Pre-Annotators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of Comic Book Herald, and I'll be interviewing some of my favorite creators in comics about specific runs that they're working on currently. Today, I'm excited to welcome Rodney Barnes, co-creator of Philadelphia, an exciting new series from Image Comics. In Philadelphia, a second-generation police officer reads his recently deceased father's journal and uncovers a vampire conspiracy throughout the city that runs all the way back to second president of the United States, John Adams. Rodney, thanks for joining. Can you tell us a little bit about how Philadelphia came to be? Yeah, uh, well, first, thanks for having me. Um, I've had this idea in my head since I was a kid. Um, you know, having seen a lot of, consumed a lot of vampire lore from the Hammer films to uh, some of the black exploitation stuff with Blackula to later having read um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Stephen King's Salem's Lot and Rice's Vampire Chronicles, all of that stuff. You know, I always kind of percolated a vampire story, like how would it work? And some things from way back then stuck into today's version of what I came up with. And other stuff is new, but that's sort of how over the years um, the story came together. Sure, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, I noticed I, I went back and I was reading your uh, run on Falcon that you had done with Marvel Comics prior to this point, and uh, the second arc there does get vampire heavy <laughs> with with the involvement of Blade. Um, I, so yeah, I could see. Maybe I got a vampire thing, man. I can't help. <laughs> and I worked on Blade as a um, as a production assistant. That was my first job in Hollywood. Oh no, kidding. Okay, very yeah. cool. That's awesome. All right. So one of the most interesting aspects of Philadelphia is is how you connect sort of this underground conspiracy of vampires to John Adams, right? Setting the story like in the heart of Philly, the home of the Constitutional Convention, right? All this American history. Um, and first, since we're reading this right after the 4th of July and Hamilton dropping on Disney Plus, <laughs> which I did see for the first time this weekend, I have to ask, like, there are a few direct references in, in <laughs> Philadelphia to the work. Was this... Was it like an active inspiration in in making those connections to John Adams, or were you just like, this is too good to pass up? No, I've seen Hamilton like live over twenty times, and Dang, um, okay. And every time they laughed at John Adams, uh, at first it was like, oh man, I feel bad if I was John Adams. And then <laughs> yeah. as I would go through like my journey of uh, witnessing Hamilton, it was like, well, what if John Adams was in the audience, and how would he feel? Yeah. And then it just kind of evolved like, hey, there's this John Adams thing. And when you think about the founding fathers um, who don't get their props, John Adams is kind of like at the top of the list. Sure. Um, you know, even his son gets more, John Quincy gets more love. So it was like, okay, how can I find a figure from history who would sort of have self-esteem issues uh, because of how history treated him? Yeah. Um, but also to make the story feel bigger. Like I know some people have said, John Adams, that's just crazy. Uh, why not just pick someone else? And it was like, well, you know, I wanted a figure to not just be there to be a spokesman for history, but to actively have an ax to grind yeah. against history and specifically his history. And when you, you think about the phrase, make America great um, someone who really has some stake in that claim was yeah. someone who was there in the beginning forming the idea of what america would be sure so that's sort of where the idea of adams came from 
That's interesting. Yeah. And, and obviously like with the fictional element of being a vampire and having witnessed the entirety of American history, right. You can, you can lay claim to, okay, I've actually seen it. This is, this is what was great or what I viewed to be great. Right. It's a, a different yeah. sort of view. You've got perspective. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's very interesting. Um, given, so I, I guess this kind of ties into a question I, I had for later, but I'm curious now, how how long are your plans for Philadelphia? I know. So we have the first arc is yeah. is complete. The first six issues, right? And the mm -hmm. the trade is coming out uh, July eighth, twenty twenty. So so very mm -hmm. soon here from when we're recording. And um, I know you have an issue seven plan, but what are your plans beyond that? I've got about five arcs planned. Uh, I want to keep going, of course. Nice. Uh, when I get in, I have a loose plan for right around the middle of arc five for something that no one is expecting. Um, sure. And either they'll love it or they'll hate it. Um, there's no in between. There's no gray. Um, yeah. But um, it deals with history as well. You know, I think the DNA of history and the hard city um, sort of are foundational aspects of what Philadelphia is. So I would never want to take it too far away from that. Um, so that's the quick answer. Okay. Yep. And and that ties into, I think, actually what my follow-up was going to be, which was, is there an interest in exploring that the bill? Because so we go from, we're in 2020 or, or thereabouts, mm -hmm. right? In, in Philadelphia. And there's this vampire uprising led mm -hmm. by John Adams, right? But mm -hmm. obviously from his fake death from yellow fever, there's centuries of time to mm -hmm. be potentially explored. Is that something that you're, you're interested in doing? Yes, uh, primarily through his guard. Um, all of them come periods in the same way I, I dealt with uh, Brianna and Brittany uh, in the first arc of being mm -hmm. able to say that they came from the, the period of the Civil War. Um, virtually every period of American history that's interesting to me, I would like to delve into. Like their periods of reconstruction yeah, uh, the periods around World War One and World War Two. Um, I like being able to jump back in time and seeing um, not just the politics of the day, uh, the social dynamic of the day, but to be able to um, integrate more of a personal feeling of what history was to these vampires and to their world and how they fit into it in sure. a way that history was sort of boring to me um, as a kid and. It's interesting to me now as I've gotten older and been able to kind of connect the dots to where we are today. Like last night, I was watching um, 1968 on CNN, mm -hmm. and it was the Humphrey Nixon uh, uh, presidential uh, campaign. And um, it sounded a lot like what we were going through or what we're going through today. Yeah. You know, with polarized, a polarized dynamic. And so being able to sort of juxtapose the past and how the past sort of reflects and mirrors where we are today, that's all interesting stuff that I'd like to be able to unpack for as long as the series runs. For sure. For sure. Very cool. Um, not quite the same, but a similar line of thinking in terms of dealing with the complexities of history. And, you know, in Philadelphia, you're, you're tackling pretty head on, like, issues of of race in the city of philadelphia right and and sort of like the the haves and the have-nots right you have the upper class and the lower class and, and john adams clearly sort of doing that thing that we see a lot of times with um 
with with these big villains where they say, well, what do you have to lose? You're you're the poor people. Right. So come mm-hmm. to my vampiric uprising. Right. And then obviously, like in this instance, that doesn't go his way. Um, writing police is similarly, like obviously loaded with political mm-hmm. and social complexity right now. In this book, we have a vampire detective, you know, ultimately, and his son on the force. How do you approach um, those being, you know, your your main point of view characters, and and obviously like a core, you know, their their general generational ties are, are essential. How do you how do you approach that type? Of I try to be I try to be objective uh, more than anything else. I think when you're dealing with police and politics, um, I try my best not to take a side. I try yeah. to allow both um if we're dealing with two modes of thought like uh, think with the police the police have their point of view um the vampires slash people have their point of view and i like to try to find virtues you know i think we have enough real life stuff on television right now to speak to the vices um i like to speak to the difficulties the nuance and specificity in between those two worlds that um, sound bites and television and real life stuff uh, really doesn't have the time or patience to dig through. Um, yeah. So within a book, you know, you can kind of play with how difficult it is, you know, on both sides to be able to um, find some semblance of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think there is necessarily a truth per se not a clean one, like there's an all good side and an all bad side. You know, sure. there's there's perspective. Whichever side you're on, there's perspective to be able to say, uh, you know, that person's wrong. So I try to find a gray someplace between the world of politics and police mm-hmm. um, that feels authentic. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, it, you have a background, I think, in, in TV. You have an extensive background, certainly, but it... Uh, a lot of it is is in writing comedy. Yet, Philadelphia, you know, you generally sort of avoid undercutting the the horror and the violence with humor or levity. Is this something you have to consciously work against? Given you know a lot of the stuff you've done. No, so I much? never, I never wanted to be a comedy writer, but that was the door that opened first. Yeah, um, I always loved this stuff. Uh, I grew up with um, horror, sci-fi, comic books. Uh, genre was sort of my life, but. Yeah. When you're scratching and scraping to try to make a name for yourself and just to get into the world of writing, you know, you take whatever opportunity I can walk through and I can figure it out. Um, but I always had my eye on when the opportunity, when I was able to create the opportunity to get into the world of genre, I was going to take advantage of it. And so I've always sort of, I think this is more natural to me as a writer than the comedy stuff ever was. I have a solid sense of humor. I know people that are way funnier on the page and in real life, um, but this has always been my passion, um, horror genre, this stuff. So after sure. years and years of uh, reading and consuming uh, horror stuff, um, to be able to do this now is an honor. Cool, cool. Did you grow up um, or later in life come to reading like any of the vampire comics like Marvel's Tomb of Dracula or stuff like that? I grew up with Tomb of Dracula, uh, all of Marvel House of Mystery, all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I have the actual Blade uh, 
and Blade was introduced uh, yeah. in that book. Um, you know, I, I always loved it. Uh, it never, the Mike Plug uh, Werewolf by Night uh, mm-hmm. series um, stuff. I grew up with all of them. Very nice. Cool. Uh, the book ties to the vampires, to the, the Sons of the Republic. And, and some real world history there. Can you explain uh, a little bit about that history um, and, and kind of why it spoke to you for this story? I was looking for, um, you need, in order for Adams to believably lead a revolt, you need a degree of patriotism and people to be able to um, follow you to a yeah. degree. And so that's a very, you know, instead of just like, spouting rhetoric and getting people to because you're you're a vampire so you're trying to hide you're not necessarily out there like you know a religion trying to get people can converts um here was more of how could i use patriotism in such a way that he could create an army of people who were like-minded um either by force uh which i was in the uh, second issue mm-hmm. or willingly coming ahead and so throughout speaking to the question that you asked me earlier speaking the history I, when i did some digging i found the sons of the republic thing um in various pieces of time and i was like okay what if i use that as the foundation for the people who follow him the vampires that follow him yeah and you know that would sort of be uh, it's like when you say the tea party or uh, the Black Panther Party or whatever, you find groups of people, pockets of people uh, who have a certain ideology and it happens to be political, but they're, they're ardent and feverish about their belief systems. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I wanted the Sons of the Republic to be. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's a good fit. Uh, as far as your like other comics works, you know, you have, uh, you did uh, Quinn Credible for Lion mm-hmm. Forge, um, which is a really cool kind of Peter Parker meets Luke Cage style story uh, set go. in that. Yeah. Set in that catalyst prime universe. Uh, but it's a, it's a pretty huge tonal shift, you know, from a book like Quinn credible to, uh, to um, Philadelphia, or of course, like, you know, I've been looking into your career prior to this certainly. And in upcoming, you have some really exciting, interesting work on like a tiger woods uh, scripted series, uh, a Lakers documentary. Like there's this really extensive, you know, genre, like, like breaking across genres is that something that you are seeking as a as a creator like as a creative person or um i don't know like obviously all of us have we aren't one thing right at Mm -hmm. the end of the day right everybody has different interests um but i was i was definitely struck by like wow you're really like refusing to have a a silo on what your career is is that something you work towards oh yeah the it was funny when you said you know the first part of my career being comedy because my representatives, uh, everybody around me was trying to get me to become the sitcom guy. And I never yeah. wanted to be the sitcom guy. And I have a lot of different interests. And at the end of the day, it's all story. You know, whether you're writing about vampires or sports or whatever it is, you know, if I can find myself in it and I can find something that's interesting in it specifically to me emotionally. Sure. Um, I can I, I tend to be more attracted to those types of things. Um, it doesn't matter what genre. And I still kind of, 
even though I say I'm not doing comedy so much anymore, uh, even though I do have one in development, um, I try to add some stuff in to each book. And I like the way you phrased it. I don't like to, I don't like silly horror because to me that goes against the idea of horror. If the idea is that I'm losing myself in a story that is going to take me on a ride to me, if the people on the ride don't take it seriously, then it's hard for me to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sort of come from the school of Stephen King where, um, you know, you use humor in character, but not so much as, you know, we're going to make this a funny scene and these guys are funny. But yeah. it's more of, you know, this one person uses horror as a defense mechanism in order to make it through uh, a series of events that are horrifying. And but you still take it serious at all times. So, um yeah that's interesting i i actually watched uh i watched the first episode of dracula on netflix last night i was cramming cramming vampire history yes yes i love the way it's shot i love the way it looks it's beautiful. yeah it, it's a fun energetic show but it does definitely do that thing of when i was scared then all of a sudden it was it was definitely it, it became so almost absurd to the point that it was a little goofy and i was like okay good i don't have to feel as scared anymore <laughs> because they're i want me the laugh. full scare i want the full scare the hell out of me that's what yeah I mean. how do you how do you collaborate that atmosphere with you know jason sean alexander and the team like when you're you know scripting let's say the the first uh, appearance of the vampires right and there's this there's this kinetic sort of raw energy that that alexander brings to his art when you're collaborating with a team like that um are you are you scripting out like tone or are you just sort of I don't know like I guess what is that what is that process? Usually, well, before Philadelphia, we probably had about four or five dinners uh, at uh, Monaco's Lobster House in Encino, where we would sit down and discuss, you know, how we wanted the book to look, how we wanted the book to feel, and I could tell from his work on Spawn and his independent stuff. And if you're ever fortunate enough to uh, go to his uh, studio, you see all of this sad, melancholy, horrifying art, like everywhere. Uh, It looks like a serial killer just kind of painted all of this stuff. (laughs) And I knew to keep him engaged every two or three pages, I had to give him some of that. It couldn't just be talking heads. Yeah. So if you go through the pacing and the rhythm of Philadelphia, um, every two or three pages, there's something there that feels like I need to let him artistically go. And then as a fan of his, um, I try to push him a little bit further to say, um, how can you create horror that makes you feel something under the horror? Like, hopefully, if you've invested emotionally into the characters and you feel empathy for them, when the horrifying stuff comes, it actually lands harder. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much just to make a pretty horrifying picture. Hopefully it lands because you've been following his storytelling. I always look at comic book artists as directors. And, yeah. you know, Jason very much so is able to do little subtle things that aren't on the page that actually enhance. It lets me know that, you know, he's emotionally invested, but it also to me enhances the journey of the book, but I uh, always looking to push him to another place artistically. Cause I'm a fan. Very nice. Cool. Is that something that you took to pretty naturally that, that back and forth between writer and artist, you know, you, you obviously no. have a, no, like how no. would you, 
So is that one of the bigger ways you think you've improved since kind of diving <laughs> yes. into comics? Yeah. I mean, I was so terrified at Falcon um, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing and I had no <laughs> idea. It was so many, the relationship between art and words was really hard for me. Yeah. And when they would tell me, you know, this is a really, this is kind of depressing. You got to lighten the mood and throw some jokes in there. I'm thinking the jokes I would write for a stand-up comic or for a sitcom or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was so not necessarily overwhelmed, but I knew. And if you follow close enough, there's something I'm trying to do. I don't think I, if I could do it today, I think I would have done it better than I did the first time out, but I needed that experience in order to be able to calm down. And uh, I did Lando uh, double or nothing after yeah. Falcon. And I think Lando is better than Falcon and incredible is better than Lando and Philadelphia is better <laughs> than the three before. So go. I yeah. think I'm moving in a, you know, in a good direction as far as writing comics is concerned. Um, but I didn't know it's a whole other art form and I know it's still story, but being able to connect with the reader uh, was something that was different than connecting with the viewer. Yeah. And there would be times where it's not Sam Wilson's voice. It's Rodney's voice. Mm. It's Rodney's joke. And I had to learn that, okay, I have to, um, place myself in these worlds the same way that I would in film or television instead of writing in quotes, a comic book. Um, mm -hmm. I had to sort of um, find my voice. And I think Philadelphia is the first one that's actually me. You know, all of the other ones were, you know, I'm trying to nail this. I'm trying to get it right. I'm trying, how do you do blah, blah, blah. Um, and then also I was sort of a ding by time. You know, I was a comic book fan, mostly, in the late 80s, early 90s, and comic books have evolved so much. And I was sort of, I was still buying them. I'm still buying them every Wednesday, but I'm not reading them as much. It's this weird kind of addiction that I have to buying a lot of <laughs> comics and not reading them all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, there'll sure. be one or two things that I'll read and everything else goes in a big white box like the ones you have over in the corner there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I had to, you know, connect with today's reader, today's style of storytelling. Um, just put in the work. And I think for me, in television and film, the work is sitting down and just writing. But here, it was a whole new art form that I had mm -hmm. to learn and go through my uh, growing pains. Sure. No, that, that makes sense. And I, I do think like even, you know, reading Falcon as it was coming out and now reading Philadelphia, I mean, it's definitely, it's a more confident work. Um, you can definitely tell. Like it's, it feels like a book that you are more comfortable writing um mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways and i think that that is you know one of the strengths is is returning to big two style um you know create uh characters that have history something that you're interested in or now that Philadelphia is sort of taking off is that more the realm you want to stay no it, it is but under the right circumstances i think sure. You know, Falcon was an open assignment. They asked me if I wanted it, and I said yes. It was kind of the same thing as with sitcoms and TV. It was like, opportunity? Sure. Let me take a crack at it. Um, yeah. If I went back, I would love to, um, you know, DC has these black label books. Yeah. I would love to do one of those. Um, I would love to do... Do you I have a character that, you, that stands out to you? Swamp, Swamp Thing. Thing. Swamp nice. Thing. It's... Uh, 
someone move them all uh, at some point. But, you know, this kind of stuff, Monsters Unleashed. And, awesome, yeah. You know, I'm sort of a... Um, I'm sort of a uh, monster horrophile. So Swamping, yeah. Alan Moore, that run sort of changed my life. Um, I'd loved a lot of stuff up until then, but his run and uh, Beset and Total Ben's art. For sure. It was just, it changed the way I looked at comics. And then later with the Vertigo stuff with Neil Gaiman um, and Miracle Man as well. But anything mm -hmm. that sort of is intended to provoke thought and not just have adventure, um, but sure, you know something that stirs the soul a little bit. I'm more interested in than just you know fighting. You know that's yeah. cool. You know, and yeah. I'll read it. You you give me a good fight, uh, I'll read it. But I think for what I do well, um, anytime I'm writing from my heart and things that I really care about, I tend to do better when I'm writing from there than I'm writing just with my mind. Um, yeah, I need to be emotionally connected. No, it makes a lot of sense. I, a Swamp Thing Black Label book would be awesome. I think Swamp Thing is due for a a, a return to form uh, in in some ways. So I'll I'll be keeping my eyes peeled for Please that. Please do. I've got a Nightwing yeah. Swamp Thing story that I would love to tell. <laughs> okay, that'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, since uh, since we were talking about it with uh, you know the connections between TV and comics, there are plans that I've read about to bring Philadelphia two series. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about where where in the process that is and kind of what your involvement is? I'm writing the outline and the script uh, as we speak. Um, well, I'm writing the outline first, and uh, then I'm going to go directly to script. But I should have the script done by the end of the month. Very cool. And how do you change? Like, I guess uh, maybe the better question is, do you change things when you're obviously you're writing for different mediums now, right? As you were describing, the art mm -hmm. requires different types of style and approach. Are there elements to the story that you're looking to to change, to flesh out now that you're going back to it? You have no choice. Um, yeah. In comics, I think the first Philadelphia is 22 pages um, and you need at least 45 minutes uh, for an hour show. Um, whether it's on network or if it's streaming, you can get a little bit longer. So you have to fill in those gaps that aren't in the book, you know, those pieces that aren't in the book. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's sort of the process now. But it's kind of fun. I mean, being able to add, to breathe life into it beyond um, the page is adding music and, you know, different elements and different characters and people that sure. you need in order to be able to, you know, make the car go. Um, sort of cool. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, is there, is there something that you, you like, well, let me rephrase this. Um, is there something that you'd try to do with comics horror to actually instill that sense of like fear, I guess, because in, in, in TV, you have right the music and, and all the jump scares and that sort of thing. How do you try to maintain that in a, a medium that is so different in a lot of ways? Um, I worked, I was a stand in on the movie The Green Mile for Michael Clark Duncan, even though we yeah. look nothing alike. And I asked Stephen King, you know, sort of what's the secret? And paraphrasing, of course. It was like it's not, everybody think it's thinks it's the monster, 
yeah. they think it's the vampire or the this or the that. That's the thing that people kind of lose themselves and get scared over. Like it, they think it's the clown. But really, it's the investment that you make in the protagonist that you don't want to get hurt and how you identify with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's anything that doesn't require jump scares and all of that stuff, it's really building the foundation for your protagonist and getting the audience to care about them. Yeah. You know, in Philadelphia, you sort of have to care about James Sangster and Jimmy Jr. in order to be able to go on the ride. You know, if yeah. it was just John Adams, it was one of the reasons why I made the John Adams issue the third issue. Because if you make that the first issue, everybody's going to say, oh, it's the John Adams book. And right. He's the star of the show. Right. Um, because that's the big headline. Um, but I wanted you to emotionally invest in all of the other characters that don't get a lot of love um, coming out of the gate. They do as time goes on. But I want you to care about them as much as you care about the vampiring and the horror and all of the bad stuff that happens. So... To me, if as a if I can get the reader emotionally invested, uh, and and make it an emotional connection to my protagonist, um, that makes up for all of the stuff that you can't do, yeah. you know. And Jason's work, and then I bring back Jason again, someone who's able to with subtlety, character expressions in his art, just little things. Uh, to make you care and to make you feel like these are real people, mm-hmm. that sort of enhances um, the horror. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that's a really cool answer. Um, all right, we talked a little bit about uh, Tiger Woods doc uh-huh. or not doc scripted series coming up. Yes, yeah, um, scripted miniseries. Yeah, I think that's. I I was talking after my wife and I watched the Last Dance not that long ago, the Bulls mm-hmm. doc, and um, I was saying like, what are the? I was kind of thinking like, what are the sports stories that would just blow up? The way that this did and i feel like tiger is right up there at the top so i i feel like that's going to be really interesting um are there other works on the horizon or things that you uh are well, really looking to plug i've got a monster movie with uh jordan voight roberts that i'm writing for new regency that mm-hmm. um, i hope to have done soon uh of course the lakers untitled lakers uh series which was t- based on the book showtime by jeff okay. Coleman, um at hbo where uh, myself and uh, Max Borenstein, we're writing that right now. And um, don't know where we're going to shoot because of the pandemic. Uh, we were supposed to shoot. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Uh, I think June, May or June, we were supposed to start. But now we have to wait until we figure out uh, when the world is going to you know, reopen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but those two, th- other than that, uh, uh, Jason and I have... Uh, a couple more series that we're putting together now. Um, hopefully we can spring them on the world by the end of the year. Cool. Um, yeah. And there may be another arc of Queen credible. There is a second arc of Queen credible, but uh, there may be a third. Um, but that's it. I mean, a lot of books, a lot of books along with TV and film. Yeah. No, it's a lot of cool stuff coming out um, with the, with the Lakers doc is that, so it's a showtime era. And I'm calling it a doc. That's probably the wrong term. Yeah, no, it's a scripted series. It's not a yeah. doc. Uh, but yeah, we start. it starts at the uh, Bus Magic Johnson era. Him yeah. buying the team from Jack Ken Cook and Larry Bird and all of that stuff. Okay, great, great. I have a huge appetite for 
for 80s basketball post uh post last dance because i this... i'm chicago area so i'm a huge bulls fan from the 90s um but like 85 to 90 was like a a black hole of history for me so i'm mm -hmm. like all in yeah this is uh I'm very proud of it i think we're doing really good work right now cool cool i'm looking forward to it uh, good deal. So yeah, we'll look for Philadelphia Volume 1, Sins of the Father, which is going to be available in local comic shops and Comixology on July 8th, 2020. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm looking for a, a good long run after this coming out of coming out of the conversation. I'm I'm excited You're about it. God's ears. Going deep. Hope, as long as I can keep writing, Lord willing, there'll be a Philadelphia. So <laughs> good deal. Awesome. Uh Rodney, this was great. Thanks so much for taking the time. I very much appreciate it and um and take care thanks i appreciate you reading the book and uh liking it and inviting me on yeah absolutely